welcome to Life Pairings, where two Canadian alcohol connoisseurs mix life events and libations. Hello, I'm Carla Richards. And I'm Brittany Lysing. And, and this, this is, is Life, life pairings. pairings. Because life is hard. So pair it with alcohol. Bring me some ziti and red wine. And by the way, it's a retirement community. As today's life pairing is Sopranos with Chianti. We're discussing Christopher, Mozzarella, Tony, and all the big boys. <laughs> That's what we, happens when uh, I wing it. I feel like we should uh, like do a what is it a codicil or whatever of uh, we're we're going to do bad accents. I'm sorry. It's, oh yeah, like it's a, a disclaimer. Christopher, Christopher, my pal. Okay. Um, his name is Malik. He's a great comedian out of Calgary, mm. and he does fantastic um, Sopranos accents and. Like on long car rides, he does them for like hours, and I'm just like, more! I want more! <laughs> he does like a perfect uh, Tony saying Christopher. Yeah. Oh, it's the best. That's amazing. It's so good. Now, some people may uh, criticize us as this is not a life event, but I really do feel like it's a life event. I binge-watched, and I just finished, like about two weeks ago, finished Sopranos. And yeah. about, I would say, like, I think it was my quarantine show, so... I think like a lot of times, especially when you're binge watching a show, it is a life event. Because let's be honest, you're spending more time with those people than you're probably spending with your family or your husband. And honestly, like if you love television as much as I think you and I do, mm-hmm. and many people do, it is a life event. It is. Like, characters really get into your soul and you really oh. start to become attached to the story. And the like when it's over, I feel like I've lost a loved one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's a t- television. I television is a life event and it's it's a nightly life event that i don't think uh gets wrecked like i mean for how people don't recognize how much they're watching tv oh no yeah so what does the sopranos now that you just finished it what does it mean to you (laughs) (laughs) um i loved it i can't believe i've never i never watched it i think we didn't have hbo when i was when it was on and it maybe was on like ctv or something at 10 o'clock at night or something but uh, I was always kind of obsessed with the mafia, so it was just something that I kind of missed and didn't get into. Yeah. And I love it because it's not a comedy, it's not a drama, it's kind of all of those things. I love the family aspect of it. I love the food aspect. I love the wine aspect of it. <laughs> Murdery, let's not not so good, but you know, love. I also murder. like murder things. So I guess. Yeah, I was gonna say you love you love a good murder. Why would that? I do. Murder you here? Love a murder. <laughs> How about you? What does it mean to you? Oh, I started watching it, I guess it would have been about two or three years ago. And me and my sister just like, it was kind of one of those things like, what do we watch? You know, like, how you know what? we were? It was between The Wire and Sopranos. Ah, uh, yes, I just started The Wire. So I actually, and that will come up later. The Wire starts off very slowly. So I've like never, we never like super got into it, which I'll try mm-hmm. again because I've heard amazing things. But yeah, we just gravitated towards The Sopranos and it was like, I mean, Christ, it uh, it was 90, was it, when did Sopranos, like... I think it was 1999 to, 1999 to 2007. Was it the pilot season? Yeah. So it was, uh... The pilot is very 1999. Oh, super 99. Like, super 99. So we watched it, I mean, like I said, two or three years ago. So I mean, what, 2017? God, it's like 20 years old. Yeah. 
And we were just obsessed, like between, I mean, just like the amount of hours we put into it. Also the eating, we were, we were making lasagna. We were making, oh. we, we were just talking about uh, off the air here. We were talking about gnocchi and like mm-hmm. making gnocchi. We were making like the amount of <laughs> charcuterie <laughs> we were eating was uh, out of the, it shouldn't have been, you know? Yeah. And it was just like, it was an experience. It was truly a life event because we were like, we were so indulged in the culture and being a part of what the show was. And, and it was fun to, we were making dinners and just gorging ourselves and watching like six hours of Sopranos. <laughs> it was, it was <laughs> a big undertaking. I think that, that that's kind of part of the reason that I, I really would, I would suggest, and I think it's doing quite well during quarantine anyways, is it's a very comforting show. That food is very comforting. The red wine is very comforting. The family, you know, there, you know, there was hugging. We're not allowed to hug anymore. <laughs> Remember <Yeah>. hugging. <laughs> kissing that one on, which me, which where you're like, hmm, I wonder why the hugging and kissing countries got it so bad off the top. <laughs> um, but yeah, dude, it was, it was, it was everything to us. We watched so much. Like one of my favorite things to do. Mm-hmm. Um, is like when I'm not working or doing comedy or that kind of thing it's to sit and watch tv with my sister like we yeah. always have a show and we pick food that matches it and drinks that match it we both get very excited about the whole process and it's like I don't know I, I hope that everybody has uh somebody in their life that they can sit and watch just binge watch television with because it is yeah. such a joy I'm currently watching with my husband uh, The Newsroom. I think we're on the second. This is the second time we've watched it. Another, like, really comforting, lovely show. Jeff Daniels, so amazing. I don't usually pair food with it, so that's a good idea. Sopranos, actually, I paired. I got really obsessed with pistachios. (laughs) An expensive look. Well, also, it's hard on the nails, so it was a good thing that it was during quarantine when I couldn't even get my nails done, so... It slows you down a little bit because you got to open those, you know, open them up. You're allergic to pistachios, right? I'm allergic to peanuts, pistachios, and cashews. Yeah. So I, fucking... so I can't eat. So we'll not be doing that together. Yeah, we'll not be eating. Ca- well, I mean, we could, but I mean. You might die. So let's not Or it would just be like, you'd be like, you'd be joining me in some sort of suicide mission. <laughs> just shove like cat hair in my mouth and yeah. you eat the <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll go out together good there great. we go That's a terrible way to go um yeah so i started uh, who's your favorite character sorry i'm gonna favorite character. character well okay oh that's a hard one mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. Because, you know what i like them all for different reasons uh, carmella yeah because first of all i love edie falco oh she's so good and she was the strongest one in the whole thing yeah that's something we should probably talk about in the psychology is the feminism and or lack of feminism and or maybe there's feminism question in this but she definitely you're right she was the she was the solid rock of this thing she was the one that held it all together you know what i mean like tony was a mess yeah and he was christopher was a mess and the kids were up and down and yeah like there was just so much of a um it was pure chaos and she was the only one that held it all together and when she broke down and when she had her moments they were so dramatic because (laughs) she didn't have them as often as tony did you know she didn't fly off the handle 
no, but when she goes down, she goes down drama. Yeah, she is. She's the queen. <laughs> she is. Yeah. Do you think I'm stupid, Tony? You think I'm stupid? in the closet I uh, <laughs> you know but I mean like I mean and she was just like uh, your typical mob wife you know like she mm-hmm. knew there were other women she knew what he was up to she shut her mouth she was she was in it to you know and she also yeah, she... reaped reaped the rewards from all of it as well exactly exactly yeah although that's so... a that's a big thing uh I'm not saying you can't listen to this episode if you haven't seen Sopranos because I think we'll try to maybe like Spoiler anything. <laughs> I forgot to turn off my uh, my phone and the best part is that the ringtone goes, Oh hamburgers from South Park. I know mm-hmm. if you haven't seen the South Park uh quarantine or not quarantine, um COVID episode. Oh, I haven't change seen the it way yet. that you see masks. So they call them uh chin diapers because everyone wears them around their chins <laughs> and you can't unsee it when you're out. Oh god, I haven't seen it yet, and I love the I love watching so far, so I'm gonna have to it's, check it out. It's over the top. That's <laughs> that's what it is. Has it as it has been. Um, yeah. We should have mentioned off the top that that mm-hmm. there's gonna be insane spoilers in this episode. Yeah, probably. But we'll try it. to like because if you haven't seen it, we want you to be able to. I would like this to be almost because I think it would have been helpful to have a little prep before Sopranos. To be fair, <laughs> there is a lot of stuff going on that you're like, I don't understand what's happening. Um. So I think you're fairly safe, but just the one of the big thing with Carmela's character in Sopranos is this kind of fight of, and she's very religious, very um, religious, which is which is like you know the 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 Italians are very Catholic, right? Yeah, exactly. So I but mean, there's sort of awareness of she knows where the money's coming from, but it's that's Tony's thing, yeah. and not being not taking it on herself even though it is kind of her but i mean yeah there's a lot going on there which is very interesting to watch well and you know but i i I mean she is in complete she's either in complete denial Mm -hmm. um there's three options like i mean if you don't want to admit that she knows what's going on and she's made her peace with it and she's separated herself like and compartmentalized it in her family life is kind of how i see it because she's not i think I think and she... she's not in denial. She knows what's up. She's not stupid. She knows where the money's coming from. She knows he's killing people. Yeah. She knows what the mob is. She's right smack down in the middle of it. She just. But I think she. You're right. She compartmentalizes that. So a lot of times, I think that she genuinely, in her own head, is like, "Oh, Tony's just in trash business." <laughs> you know, like I don't know. I, I think you would have to. I don't think she. To. I don't think she ever thinks like. She. I don't think she's. She might pretend. But I don't yeah. think that she, I don't think it's ever written like she thinks he's at the trash. <laughs> he's No, no, no. Trash. But I'm, what I'm saying is, you, and what you said was she compartmentalizes it so that it's not, she's not right. thinking, oh, this money probably came from somebody who's uh, got their knees knocked off or whatever. I think she puts it in, a, uh, I think she just puts it in a part of her head where she's like, I've made peace with this. Yeah. And I'm not. This is Tony's to. job. And yeah. This is Tony's job. Yeah, and I'm not gonna think about it too much because you go crazy and not be able to be in the situation. You know, and, and I think that... she likes the money. I mean, she talks about oh, that. Yeah. There's one part where she talks about this three hundred dollar, three hundred dollar, three thousand dollar statue. I can't remember. Either oh, way, yeah. it's too much money. 
<laughs> yeah, I love the the range on that. But it's yeah, it's definitely like she enjoys it. She knows what she's li- she knows the life she's living, and that's that's mm-hmm. part of the culture and that in the scene of being one of the mob wives is like you are treated like gold. Yeah, you know, oh, and yeah. it and it's no they know that like they have all these side girlfriends that are treated like shit. You know, what are they called the um? Oh, fuck. Got, oh damn it! I'm write the word down. Yeah, Gamal. Grandma, grandma, oh god. Oh, I'm I'm just gonna type in mob side bitch and see what comes up. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, it's uh Gamore. Gamore? No. That's something else. What is uh Lady on the Side called in the mob? <laughs> <laughs> side bitch didn't work. Side bitch didn't work, which is like I'm like pretty surprised to be honest with you. I thought it was a <laughs> side bitch. They'd know what I was after. EF. I know it's G. Oh, Goomba. No. Goomba. No, Goomba's. Or Guma. Uh... Guma? Yeah. Gumar? Guma? Yes, Gumar. I'm seeing a lot of things. There's. Okay, so it's Gumar or Guma, and that's an yeah. Americanized form of uh, Kumar, which is a mafia mistress. Got it. Okay. Goomba is an associate, uh, especially with a senior member of the critical. He's part of the gang. Oh, yeah, he's and I would just like to point out uh, Julia. Oh, damn it. What was her name? Julia from The Good Wife. Julia She's in it. No, from The Good Wife. From. Oh. Um, anyways, that lady, the main lady from The Good Wife is actually on it. As a as one of his gumars or somebody else, oh, but anyways, yeah, I know which one she is actually. Very sure. strange to see her in that role, but she did a good job, so she's good. She did. Well, yeah, um, so it's, yeah, it's. What were you saying? Oh, I, uh, I don't know, but I, I can I tell you what my favorite character is. Oh yeah, what is your who's your favorite character? Silvio. Oh, I love Sil. Oh, I love Silvio. Silvio so Steven. Stephen yeah. Van Zandt, who is one of the original members of Bruce Springsteen's Bruce Springsteen band. band. Yeah. yeah. And he actually, we actually watched, before we watched Sopranos a while ago, he had a Netflix series where he's a mob guy who goes into witness protection and lives in Norway, I think it is. Oh, really? And uh, he's great in that. And that's amazing. And I mean, he doesn't speak the language, but he kind of sets his own thing up. And it's very good. I can't, um, I can't remember what it's called. But anyways, yeah, I, I think why I like him as well, similar to what you're saying, he's the rock. He's a rock. He's the man. rock. The whole time he's the rock. I mean, he's got a good eyebrow. So, you know, it's not like he doesn't get shocked. You know, there's nothing that don't upset him, but he just, he's there. He's, and then at one point he does have to, this spoiler, but not really. At one point he just kind of have to step up and like, he just, he's not okay. And I love that. <laughs> no. He's like, I can't be the head. And he just freaks out. So. Oh yeah. He doesn't, he, you know what? He's, he is as detached as you possibly could be while being like one of the most involved guys. Like, I don't think he really wants, he certainly doesn't want to be, do, be what Tony is. No, and I think this is a good lesson to companies is you don't want your second in command. You know, people always talk about like, excuse me, to be successful, you want to be the top. You want to be the top. No, no, no. For a business to run successfully, you want people to be in their spot and be happy in their spot. 
Yeah, he's a, he's happy being second in command. He doesn't yeah. want to call the shots. He doesn't want to have to, you know, he doesn't want to be in a position that he's like, you know, deciding who's living and dying. He doesn't, you know, I yeah. like I I'm I can't believe I forgot that. Yeah, he's yeah. he's certainly one of my favorites too. He yeah, he's good. Also, he has a uh, he has a show on Sirius XM called uh, The Underground Garage Channel. Oh, really? 21. Oh, yeah. What did you talk about cars? No, dude. It was it's a it's a music show. It's like a, oh, oh, right. Because he's a musician, which I keep saying. Yeah. So he play he play he has like themed episodes. Every every week has a theme to it. I think, and hmm. they they yeah they play music surrounding that theme. It's fantastic. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, and it's all underground stuff that you probably wouldn't know. Like, it's not like cool. it's not like. Yeah, I really like it. It's actually one of my favorite. My pal uh, Harry introduced me to it, and it's like one of my favorite uh, channels on SiriusXM. Cool, and it's called Undercar Gra- Under Underground Garage. Yeah, say. Underground St- oh, with Stephen Van Zandt. Cool. Yeah, and his so wife is actually in the show. He his wife plays his wife in the show. Really, I didn't think I knew that either. Yeah, and she, I mean, I don't know. Like, these women look like they're in the mob. The <laughs> long, fake nails, the big hair. Well, that's kind of that Jersey look, too, right? Like, that's yeah. that Italian Jersey look that, like, you know, like the big, fake hair and the makeup and the long nails and the fur yeah. and the, you know, like, these women, it's funny because the men are supposed to be a little bit more, like, not, you know, sticking out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it the women stick out like a sore thumb but i would say the men do too the whole like you know chest hair which i thank god we're back to chest hair i can't deal with the fact there was a period in i don't know the last 20 years where everyone shaved their chest i hate chest hair oh do you so gross i hate hair i love it i want (laughs) i literally want hair a hairless cat of a man oh okay (laughs) <laughs> well there you go you can't date an italian man because no. it's that that like dark hair with the gold necklace and the the signet signet ring yeah i don't like that whole thing i don't actually i'm not attracted to that sort of well it's blingy look. it's too blingy but that's well, the thing is, is it is actually it is. quite blingy for a man yeah yeah typically i mean but the women are like i mean the women oh, are they're not over trying there. to hide they're like i am a fucking made woman mm-hmm. and i do not give a fuck they are i like it that's but yeah. they stick to that role you know they, they they really and they are the rocks of of the families like yeah you know those men fall apart and, and the women pick oh. them all up and they're in and out of jail and so you don't really know what your income is and you got to be kind of on top of all that stuff yeah it's crazy crazy yeah, like and they have to lie the entire time. They have to lie mm-hmm. to the cops. They have to lie to the kids. They have to lie yep. to, every, like the light. The whole lifestyle is everyone lying. Yeah, and very so, tongue in cheek. Even I'm sure with the other wives, right? Yeah, like, and that's another. Oh yeah, that like like they don't know what the other families are. No, you know. No. And if yeah. you're Carmela and you're the boss's wife, like you're head bitch, like. Yeah. You know, like every other person is sort of gravitating towards you and getting on your side and. No one wants to be, you know, like the women play just as big a role in the whole undertaking, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think maybe that's not played up enough, but mm, I'm sure there is an episode. I think it is. I think, I think everything in the show, this is like, I mean, perhaps I'd comment on, uh, I mean, 
we're, we're not really doing the psychology because the whole show is in the your psycho- yeah we should okay so let's go into the psychology I the psychology okay nothing happens and everything <laughs> happens <laughs> yeah it's like life life isn't this one big chaotic big dramatic event like every day yeah but 10 years passes and you realize like well, there were some really dramatic events in there and yeah. that's what and the like, show is it's like such a reflection of like kind of chaos going around but there there's a calmness and a stillness to all of it like they you know things get a little escalated and they go right back to normal because they have to yeah and you pointed this out maybe when I was about halfway through the show you you pointed this out and so then I was able to watch it with that and I think a that's part of the reason that it's a very comforting show because it's not you know it's not super stressful um but it's also totally reflective of our society I mean like and our lives because I mean think about it probably like last week I was obsessed with uh I don't know I can't even remember what I was doing last week but you know you get obsessed with like something is going wrong in your kitchen and you're obsessed with this thing oh your carburetor (laughs) yeah oh yeah my carburetor um (laughs) or this week I'm upset because there's pile driving going on right and like if I was you know Tony Soprano you could make an entire episode about that and that's what it's going to be centered around and that's kind of what our lives are like is you do have these sort of episodes weeks or whatever where your life is centered around something totally ridiculous. Well, yeah, but... and I mean, I mean, and in the mob, I mean, obviously, like the things are like. There's a lot of days where, like, unfortunately, like uh, banging somebody around and collecting money mm-hmm. and all this stuff, like it, it is pretty. Uh, uh, it's, it's not your everyday thing, I guess. No, but it's their everyday thing, and they kind right. of play on the monotony of that because they almost make the comment that anything can become monotonous yeah that's true like going to collect money and having to break somebody's legs well on the 30th leg break you're not attached (laughs) to it as much as you were on the first yeah you're not emotional you're like oh god do i use the 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 baseball bat this time or do i get a little more creative what do i do well and 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 yeah and the and the conversations they're having they can't Mm -hmm be these explosive conversations because everything's a secret everything's under the wire everything has to be within the family there's trust issues with everybody and everything so every conversation they're having is like this very quiet calm conversation until it's not yeah and i think that's they'd spend a lot of time complaining but then as you said within that that world that's actually very dangerous you can't be complaining about your job whereas no and that's else can. that's the that's the whole play on him being in therapy and talking to a therapist mm. because it's it's a it's like almost a comment on like you know this is just a job yeah and he has yeah. his complaints and he has his trust issues and he has problems with his family and his wife and and he has you know and he starts he starts to reattach himself to the violence and reattach himself to like I I can't kill people anymore I can't do mm-hmm. this like something in him clicks that he has to go to therapy and talk to a therapist but he's in the mob like it's this totally right. surreal situation but it's i mean in saying that there's probably a lot of ceos that do probably just as much damage that yeah. probably wouldn't even be able to go to a, a psychiatrist because you couldn't they just couldn't that can be a thing even in their brain so it is kind of i think one of the big questions that comes up sort of around this is whether tony is a psychopath I don't think he is. 
maybe because there's a level of grief in his action like yeah he's um he's unhinged uh, yeah he's potentially unwell mentally <laughs> yeah um but i think too like I, i'll go back to i i, I hope it keep repeating myself but it becomes monotonous so like yeah. you know like serial killers yeah on the 30th kill they're like that's why i don't know like yeah. i i imagine there's like a mundane aspect to a lot of this and then if he was a psychopath it would it would remain mundane but to him he attaches himself to something in there that he can't do anymore you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. yeah like so he's very he's very interesting i looked on so many websites there's literally like there there's the psychology of uh the sopranos is an entire novel oh right yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Called, well uh, i mean it does it does deal like a ton with mental illness i do have to say that and in a community that probably is not super open or is not able to be super open especially male um sort of macho men that's not a thing that you can have a discussion about. So it is actually really cool that they, they have an entire show that deals with this. Oh yeah. And it's, it's really truly like, it's the most absurd person going into, I mean, just below a serial killer mm-hmm, mm-hmm. going in and talking to a therapist and then having this relationship that really I don't think could exist because I think if you're talking about killing people like the psychologist would have to go to the police I would imagine I don't know you'd have to look back at and see like having just watched the first I just watched the first episode just now um and he's very careful and she is very careful about what he says to her so she knows you're very right so I don't know I don't think yeah you're I think you're right she probably actually under uh, she, she compart- I think she compartmentalizes she as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She knows that's what it, he's and talking that's another about. As- that's another aspect of it. He has this sort of thing with Camilla, and then he has this thing with his therapist, and the, both of them sort of trying to deal with the situation. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, and oh. he's like, he, I, he, all the women in his life, like, take him, for some reason, he gets an extra pass or something. Yeah. And we, like, as as viewers, do that. Absolutely. Like, the same way I feel like we did with Dexter. You know, like, yeah. you you just allow something to be, and you're on his side, and you feel sorry for him, and you see his good, uh, the good characteristics, and, he, and mm-hmm. he's, he's always trying to help himself and failing, and, you know, like, there were moments, though, where I hated him so much. Mm-hmm. Which was something that I liked that they did. They like allowed you to just hate him. Yeah, and they did like, some pretty bad things. That yeah. I think like every so often because I think that I I don't know if this is was a a, um, a reaction to it, but there was a lot of criticism that it was maybe a little too nice and didn't show the very very sort of I dirty shitty aspects of being in the mafia. So they do that one episode where they um, really beat up a girl and she dies. And um, I've heard oh, yeah, that's a reaction. Sorry? Christopher's no, wife. That's a, no, oh, she's fine. That was just normal. Oh, <laughs> Normally her, you beat up your girlfriend. Uh, they killed spoiler. <laughs> yeah, this whole episode is, I don't know why you're trying to do this without spoilers. I know. But that <laughs> one we was... can't talk about it possibly. I'm, we need to call the episode, this is a spo- spoiler alert, Sopranos and wine. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> 
because it, you can't not talk about it. It's like, but also, yeah. like, here's the thing: you could still listen to this episode and watch it because there's so many things that happen that you will not remember. Like no, even I thought not. I knew the ending because I thought I had heard what the ending was. Yeah, and, and like we can't not talk I about. I watched end- it and was like, well, no, I did not know anything about this. Like we're going to talk about the psychology of the show and what the show is. Yeah. We can't not discuss the ending. So if you no, listen to the and you're mad at me about the Christopher's wife thing, for, they <laughs> fucking bludgeon the shit out of her and bury her in a shallow grave in a forest. Sorry. Also, I didn't think it was that. I personally, for that death, I did not feel it was that dramatic. Because I don't uh, think they show they don't show her getting killed, do they? Uh, yeah, Polly shoots her. But no, not Polly. I think wasn't Silvio. Oh, Silvio in the forest, yeah. Yeah. So I, but I feel like it was very downplayed. Well, she's walking away, and he just yeah. shoots her from behind. Yeah. I mean, but I felt like it wasn't like a huge violent. Well, they're not going to beat the piss out of her. Like, no, I know, but there, but it's crime. interesting in that when they they beat the shit out of her in other parts too, right? So I think. In a lot of ways, like, it's very uh, aware of its audience. I think if you had done a whole thing where there was, like, a torture or, like, beating her the shit up, I think... No one wants to see that. That's the thing is, like, we all want these looks into these these violent situations, but, like, you only have a stomach for so much of it. I mean, and we we as as watchers compartmentalize what's happening because... You know, like, there was a, a scene where Christopher beats the shit out of her. And yeah. that was one of the hardest episodes for me to watch. I truly yeah. was like, what the fuck is this? Like, but I mean, why wouldn't it have been that? That's oh, what absolutely. was happening. Yeah, you know, like, if yeah. she stepped out of line, uh, Adriana, then it was, mm-hmm. of course, she was going to get a beat down. Yeah. That and when he sat yeah. on the dog, I was like, yeah, Jesus. Oh, God, that was awful. <laughs> oh, that was the worst thing that's ever happened in all those Sopranos. Beautiful little puppy dog. <laughs> but yeah, so there was a lot of um, just a lot of stuff. Um, I love the dynamic between uh, Christopher and Polly. They mm-hmm. had also they. It was like who could out stupid the other one? Oh, good God! That was one of my favorite uh, episodes when they got stuck in the woods in the van. Me too. Yeah, loved it. Loved it. Um, a lot. But I think that's the thing is, like, again, this goes back. How many people have you worked with that you had that, you know, you've seen those guys or you were one of those guys? <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter what work you're in. You have those people exist in every realm of the world. And you have those days at work where you both just made the wrong decision. <laughs> and, and you just keep you know, going. Oh, it's like you can't turn back from it. It's like, oh God, and it's like one person's wrong, and then the other person doesn't want to say they're wrong. Oh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like just them almost freezing to death was just oh, a joy in my life to watch. Yeah, it was so, so good. That, and even that, said, that was one of my favorite episodes. Yeah, um, that one that definitely was one of the ones that stood out, and it was a little bit different too from your normal episode. I think. Yeah, because it had it was the two of them. It was almost like a yeah. buddy cop episode of like the two <laughs> the two dumbest mobsters. <laughs> like That's the amount of times that Tony just got so frustrated with Christopher was just so funny oh, to watch. So good. So there was these aspects of humor too. Like I mean, you know, all this oh. psychology and and understated um uh, under I don't know the in- understatedness of it going on, and then it had these little like moments of of. Uh, uh, comedy it was it, i would argue that it is a, a comedy drama or a dram- dramatic comedy 
Yeah, there were certainly moments where you're like, oh, this is actually really, like, <laughs> Very funny show. I think even David Chase said, like, I'm still not really sure which one was which. Because, I mean, it's not a full-on comedy, but I don't think I don't mean there's no setup punch. It's just, no. like, kind of situationally funny. Yes. Yeah. Like, and it's great, and I love that kind of stuff. Yeah, me too. And 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 it takes like you're again, you're like allowing your your brain to laugh at these just horrific situations. Yes. Like you know what they've done and you're like, Well, oh, that silly idiot. He only broke one leg. He <laughs> like, oh can keep I'm walking. Gonna... Oh my god. I think that's a, I think it's a great show for twenty twenty because I think we need to be able to laugh at absurd situations that we're in and that we yeah. see because otherwise we'll go fucking mental. Oh, God, if you can. I mean, I started laughing at things like, like just from a very young age, chaos just makes me laugh. <laughs> I think it's very funny. Like, this lady was, at, I, oddly enough, I went to see an optometrist and the, she was like really like getting heavy with me and asking me all these questions. She's like, right. you're a comedian. She's like, what happens when you bomb? And I was like, oh, I don't know. People don't laugh. Yeah. And, she goes, and don't you hate yourself? And I'm like, well, I already hate myself. That's why I do it. It's Aww. very funny when people yell things at you. And she's like, doesn't that make you want to cry? And I'm like, no, like, don't you see the funny in things? Yeah. Like, don't you think, like, if you, like, kill 20 shows, don't you think <laughs> it's really funny, like, sort of every once in a while for somebody to be like, you suck. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's something so funny about that to me. And, like, that's that's what they're doing. They're taking this horrific situation and then just finding these moments of just, like, well, I don't know, real life and, and... Yeah, and, and kind of almost joy. Like, we um, <laughs> we had to uh, go pick up the ashes of our dead cat on Saturday. Oh, Aww, but, we, but we were on uh, our way to meet some friends, very dear friends, uh, for drinks after. So we were like, and it was in the same neighborhood, and it was like five minutes away. So we're like, oh, I'll just throw him in the back and get in the car and go. <laughs> And then later we actually got in the car because we had to go somewhere else. So we, we were sitting in the back and I was just going, meow, meow. And they're like, the ghost cat is coming. So we really did not. We took a situation that would have been very upsetting and just made great comedy. <laughs> well, how many times have you been, like, I mean, I don't know about your family, but it's like, mm. there's a moment where it's like, you know, after a funeral or something like that, where like everyone's together and it's like, everyone's like laughing so hard and then everyone remembers and starts to cry again and then yeah all, and then you can't stop laughing because you're still a family in a room and you're still having fun and drinking and then yeah. you know the reality sets in it's like that's what it's like almost a, an analogy for what the sopranos is is it's like yeah. these moments of just like absolute sadness or case chaos i can hear my sister sneezing from the basement <laughs> while I'm trying to. Yeah. So it's like these moments of just like, you know, like it's such a, an, an analogy for life. The whole show is, mm -hmm. it's just like mm -hmm. the, these ups and downs and finding humor in devastating situations. And just, you know, I, I don't know. It's, it's, I, I enjoyed it so much. Yeah. Now, to, to move on to a little bit of a psychology, not psychology, but kind of, I guess, aspect of it that I was very uncomfortable with, and I was texting you the whole time that I was in this, I think it was the fifth season this was happening, where one of the characters comes out as gay. 
Right. And it's very, obviously, this is not a thing that you can be in the, mob. the Italian mafia. I'm sure you can't be, I mean, I don't know, is there a gay mafia? Maybe there's a gay mafia. I hope, I well, I hope, I hope so, so, but not. I don't know. Um, <laughs> so, uh, it's the character, um, hold on, I've got him here, Vito Spettafore. Yeah. Um, He's not your typical, he does not look like your typical gay guy. He's very short, quite big. Um, but that's just, a, what does your typical gay guy look like? You know, it's like, well, I know, but in, 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 um, in like media or in television or whatever. Yeah. That's not the character usually that you would stereotypically put as gay. So no. that's a very interesting aspect of it. But it's very complicated and he's not a great person at all. No, because they're all in he's the mob. That's another a, thing. Is like he's actually one of the he. I for some reason don't. I did not like him at all. Like I couldn't. I sympathized with him for for a bit, and then I really turned on him. And I don't know why I did that so much more than anybody else. I don't know because you you feel bad. I think when you feel bad that somebody's being victimized, then you you then are on their side so heavily, and then mm-hmm. you feel like when you have have a connection with somebody. And then you feel like they've been. They've oh my god! Your, just they have to be perfect for you. They've earned yeah, your. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when you, I think when you, when you, um, you feel like somebody's been victimized, mm-hmm. you, you and you start to, you know, root for them, and and you know, you don't. I don't know. I don't know what I, I said. Think, well, I think for me it was that then you have this expectation that okay, well, I'm rooting for you, and you're a victim. So you're going to be now a perfect uh, person in in this world. You're not going to do anything bad because you're the victim. Right. And, and then, then he goes and, like, shoots random strangers. And you're like, well, <laughs> nope, okay. But that's the shit. That's, again, yeah. the, I mean, the, the depth of these characters is astounding. Yes. Because it truly is like, okay, yeah, he's being victimized. But he's not a great guy. No. So he's being, he is being uh, singled out and... For something that he can't choose but that he's choosing to kill people so mm-hmm. you have this mm-hmm. torn feeling where you're like well i feel bad for him I, I i you know i empathize with his situation of being you know and, and killed because he in the end he's killed very gruesomely mm-hmm. it's and then but you're like wait a minute he's in the fucking mob <laughs> yeah He's killed countless peoples and, and and ruthlessly as well, you know? it's And I think maybe he could have gotten out of the situation. And I mean, that was the kind of... This is a very different time, even in our, our time, the early 2000s. I mean, this was still a time where gay culture was still seen as a very much an other. Yeah. And, you know, not a lot of people knew about it. But I think even the characters in it were kind of like, well, I don't really care, but... You know, there's going to be people that don't want to deal with him on a business level, um, which I think probably is interesting to see if that affects in corporations at that time as well. Because I think the mafia is just a representation of a just the illegal corporations. And so, um, yeah, like whether he could have gotten out and, and been gay and been fine, but it just turns out that he could not live without being in this world and without being in this this murdering and and doing illegal stuff well it's it's also like there's i mean i'm just not to contradict you completely here Mm -hmm. but it's the the mob wasn't easy to get out of 
Like oh, they have well, to go until they to leave the mob. You had was, to go out dead. Yeah, you had to either fake your own death or go in the witness protection program. Mm -hmm. Like basically the only way to leave the mob was to make a deal with the FBI so that they would hide you. Right. Like so, that was that was pussy at the beginning. That's what he was yeah. trying to do. He was done, man. He was like, yeah. I'm going out. So I There's think another to... minor character that I think he ends up hanging himself because he can't get out. Yeah, I mean they I mean it they, there is no out. Like I mean in every city there was a mob. There was, yeah. you know, it's not like you go to Florida. There's the mobs in Florida. Chicago's got a mob. Yeah. You know, like maybe get to, I don't know, Nebraska or something like that. There's yeah. not a huge sack, but it's, it's, it was truly like not easy to get out of the mob. So I right. think for his character, he was like, he was, he was completely trapped. And I think that's why you empathize and sympathize with him. And then you mm -hmm. watch him do horrendous things. So then it's almost like this, like you've been totally. Yeah. Yeah, screw, it's like he screwed you over. Yeah, he's well. Yeah, and I mean to be fair, gay people can be murderers and bad people and mafiosos, and maybe the mafia <laughs> should just let them be gay. It's fine. I don't know what it's like now. I don't know if if there's like a bunch of. I highly doubt it's an open. <laughs> they're very. I don't. I don't think it's like let in the lesbian community. They're like. They're like. We're also very Catholic. Oh yeah, that's the other thing. And the Catholics aren't known to be openly progressive people. No, they're um, fine with murdering people, though. But Yeah, murder away, but fuck. <laughs> Don't fuck another person that's the same sex as you. Yeah, you're, that's, <laughs> you know, and that's on, it's a lot of things, like, back to Carmela, like, she hides behind the cross on a lot of shit, mm -hmm. right? Like, you know, like, we're, we believe in God, we, will Jesus believe us? And it's like, well, you believe in, you're not, no, you don't. Like, no. what, you're not practicing what you preach. And then she almost fucks the uh, priest. <laughs> and I was yeah, just like... Yeah, which I feel like is like a perfect analogy of what is going on in this in Absolutely. This like, it's this perfect thing of like, yeah, like, this is messed up. These people, like, it's, it, it's, it's show, it's painting people as they are which is multifaceted and, and, yeah. and, and deep and there's not, people aren't just you know, there's this like people aren't good or bad. No, there it's in the middle. Like it's yeah. not, and that's what the Sopranos is. Is I think it's a total mind fuck the whole time. You're like, because mm -hmm. there's something, there's something that's so binary in the human condition that you want something to be good or bad, so that yeah. you can make a decision about it. And that's not what the world is. It's no. we're not. It's not. Things aren't this or that. There's so much middle ground. And so you have to start, you realize, you start to check yourself. You're like, oh my goodness, now I have all these, like, I'm making it okay. And is that okay? I don't know. And it's like the whole time you're like, I thought nothing happened in this show. <laughs> and you're up in the middle of the night going like, well, do you think he meant to do that? Yeah, you're like questioning your self-worth and you've gained 40 pounds from lasagna and red wine. <laughs> and you're like, oh yeah, this is a show about nothing. That's slept. Yeah. Which totally changed my life. Yeah. Um, should we talk about some history? Absolutely. Okay, so I'm going to talk about the five families of New York, which kind of gets brought up, but it's it, it's not... Um, I don't think it's like actually in the show. Like they they, they have different families, but they don't really talk about the five families. Right. If I remember correctly. So this all started with Giuseppe Esposito, who came from Sicily, which is in 
Italy, which Sicily is very much the like mafia birth, not birthplace, but where it's very, it's still kind of going on. Okay. Um, and so he uh, flew, he had done a bunch of murdering. So he fled to New York and then went to New Orleans and started up his own little mafia organization. So actually, uh, the thing of the podcast, fact of the podcast, the mafia started in New Orleans, not in New York. Whoa, really? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know what, what the, the, the status is of current New Orleans gangs and mafia, but... Uh, Those are rich history. New Orleans. I know. <laughs> supposed to go there. Anyways, okay. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, Giuseppe got caught by um, a man named Hennessy, and he was sent back to Sicily. So, but there were now these crime families that were in New Orleans and in New York as well. And so they were like, no, 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 you don't mess with our guy. So they murder Hennessy. Okay. He's like a cop. So in March, uh, March 14th, uh, 1891, a mob pulled out 11 of the men suspected of having killed Hennessy, and they killed him. Mm. Apparently, this is one of the bigger lynch murderings in America, but I don't know. 11 seems small, sadly. Yeah. I it don't does know. seem small. Yeah. But anyways, this kind of grew this anti-Italian sentiment. Which they do touch on a lot in Sopranos about how there's this kind of stereotype and um, all that kind of going on. But the problem kind of was that, and there were lots of other gangs around. There were Italian, or there were the Italians, there were French, there were Jewish, not French, the Irish. Irish, there we go. Um, and all of these rose up during prohibition which is like the perfect time to be in the mafia because (laughs) they were moving drinks around and doing all sorts of stuff so um and also at the same time there was a mass migration from italy uh people fleeing from mussolini so a lot of young italian men showed up in new york and needed a job and this looked like a really good job because these guys are walking around in thousand dollar suits they've got fancy shoes they've got you know women and so obviously you're going to be like well i can go work as a laborer and get paid like two cents or maybe i get into the mafia right become a made man yeah but then they all got into war with each other in new york uh because there were so many gangs uh called the castellamarsh Maresi War? Whew, that was not correct. Sorry. <laughs> so many vowels. <laughs> uh, and it was basically against uh, Masseria versus Maranzano. So mm-hmm. They were two sort of heads of their own families. And Lucky Luciano, who you know you may have heard of, he kills Masseria. So then now, this is sorry, April 15th, 1931. So now, man, Marana, Mar- oh, good God. No, I'm not really laughing at you. I'm, like laughing at the, uh, I'm laughing at the idea that um, if I had diarrhea for too many days, I would call it a Masseria. <laughs> yeah, Masseria. That's maybe the guy's name. Yeah. Uh, right. What's wrong with you? You look flush. I got Masseria. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> so much prettier than diarrhea. It does. 
Um, so now Maranzano was in charge. So he decided to start this whole sort of thing that we now know as La Cosa Nostra, which is like the American mafia. And so right. he organized in this is in New York City into five major crime families. The Maranzanos, which was originally the Bonanno. Oh, no. Bo, Bo Nano is what they're called currently. They have uh, areas in Brooklyn, Queens, Staten Island, and Long Island. The Colombo family. Woo! Colombo. <laughs> I don't know if he's related to Colombo. Probably not because Colombo was a fictional <laughs> character. Anyways, uh, they were the Profesi, Profesi originally. Uh, they are from Brooklyn, Queens, and Long Island. The Gambino family, Brooklyn, Queens, Manhattan, Staten Island, and Long Island. The Genovese family from Manhattan, Bronx, Brooklyn, New Jersey. And the Lucchesi from Bronx, Manhattan, Brooklyn, and New Jersey. So as you can see, a lot of this isn't like, which I thought. I literally thought like, oh, one has like Brooklyn, one has Queens, one has Long Island. Like, I tried to actually look up and see if there was, like, a map of, like, where their areas were. And that's not a thing. They had their own territory, but it was very sort of fluid. I think it would probably be, like, well, I have contracts with this company, and you have contracts with this family, and da-da-da-da-da. Right. Does that sort of make sense? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it does. So, uh, Maranzano kind of got a little bit too big for his breeches. Is that for his breeches. And he wanted the whole families to basically like report to him. So he was going to be like the big Don or the Godfather or whatever. Um, but he then was killed because obviously that's not. He okay. was what? Sorry? He was assassinated. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. So no, none of that. That's not okay. Um, yeah. And so they actually started this thing called the Commission. And this is a little bit, you see this a little bit in Sopranos. They are headed by each family. Um, it's also uh, in real life included the Chicago outfit, which is Al Capone's old and or while well, he was in it, his mafioso family and the Buffalo crime family. Right. So they were kind of like the ones that would oversee when there was a big problem between a family. So they were the kind of the head of everything. They were kind of the head of everything, but they were made up of all the different families. Right. It was like a, like a, like a, what do you call it? It was like the UN of. Yeah. It mafia. was the UN of mafia. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jimmy. You're welcome. Um, so we talked about uh, Lucky Luciano. He was the one that killed, actually, uh, Maranzano. He actually, he like, or, or arranged for it. Um, and so he had killed basically all the big boys. So he was quite, he was kind of, in, then he thought he was going to be in charge. He was arrested in 1936. He was in jail for 10 years. Then he got sent back to Sicily. So he was actually became more of a, a liaison between the Sicilian mafia and the American mafia. Okay. So this, this is sort of 30-40s. And then sort of into the 60s, 70s, especially speaking very much in New York, obviously tons of construction going on. And the mafia figured out, oh, if we get tied to the labor unions, the Teamsters. Right. Like, we control everything. If a truck, if we tell a truck not to go somewhere, he construction not happening. Yeah. So, and a lot of the construction was said to only go forward if it was approved by one of the five families. Wow. 
So definitely Trump had <laughs> connections to one of these five families. Oh, absolutely. Because um, you had to. I mean, and I remember there's a, one of my favorite podcasts is called Heist, and they call they talk about heists. What? Uh, and Mark, say again. <laughs> heist. And they talk about um, they talk about how if during this time period you wanted to like let's say knock over a bank or like take down a hotel you had to get approval from one of the five families and if you didn't you were dead right the hierarchy went the boss so this would be tony soprano the underboss which would be silvio yeah the consigliere which i think is hesh the like jewish guy maybe? right yeah he's kind of the consigliere is like outside of the family but an advisor to the family this is a big thing in uh the godfather films okay and then you have your captains or your cap uh capos and right like so paulie was a paulie was a captain yeah exactly so they're made right i think he was made he was made yeah but like the guy below that's just there's just like made men too that are just yeah like yeah. christopher oh, yeah. made yeah was he a captain i guess he did he become a captain after he got made? Um, why you should listen to this podcast before because we're explaining things that are very confusing. Uh, I you believe have your soldiers underneath, so that's like yeah, a lot of the sort of younger guy, younger guys that you see, including right. one guy that was in um uh, uh oh, what is it called with Neil Patrick Harris when he was younger, like really young. Um, the the Doctor Show. Oh, uh, Doogie Doogie Hauser. Doogie Hauser, yeah, one of the guys is the main guy from Doogie Hauser. Um, he is a soldier, so he's not made. He just oh, was he the young guy? guy? He's the the the, the cousin. He's kind of like yeah, a Benny. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if he, I just recognized him. I didn't. Uh, they also have associates, so people that are not in the mafia, not working for the mafia, but they will. I don't know, do a contract with you, or you could even say, like, um, Artie, who owns the restaurant, he's kind of an associate. Oh, yeah, he absolutely is, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, in the 80s and 90s, a series of convictions and defections crippled the leadership of the five families. Now, I don't know if this is specifically to the five families, but I know, like, this whole growth, and because of Goodfellas and... All those films, a lot of people were defecting to like go to Hollywood and give their stories. And they <laughs> and do which talk was about what that Christopher game. was doing. Exactly, exactly. And I think that's why Tony gets so upset about it because I think it was, I mean, it was the same as just going and, and being witness for the prosecution, right? Well, so yeah, I, I mean, there were stories and they were supposed to be false, but I mean, they're really just telling mob stories. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, but after 9-11, uh, with the terrorist attacks, a lot of the focus shifted away from organized crime. This is a big subject that kind of gets covered in The Wire, is that they're like, oh, we'll just go hang out and look for terrorists. And so then all of organized crime is like, cool, all right, well, thanks, guys. We'll just do our own thing. Um, <laughs> and now they have a lot more international connections you know, we are in an international world, so obviously the mafia is going to be international. Right. Um, and they, uh, you know, there there is kind of questions about whether, especially in New York, 
the rise of the Russian mafia, the Albanians, the Japanese Yakuza, the Chinese triads. I mean, whether they have sort of taken over New York. But according to the chief of organized crime and gang section of the U.S. Attorney's Office, she says that nothing has actually surpassed the Italians in New York City as of, and this is in 2019. So, oh wow, they're still going, still going, and Montreal's got quite a large uh, mob presence as well. That's why is cheese it? is so cheap there. <laughs> oh yeah, it is like just like you'll find like here. it'll be like random groceries where you're just like. And they, it's like a joke there. They're like, thank the mob for that one. Is that Hell's Angels or is that? No, like the Italian mob. That is the Italian mob? Oh, interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that. Because I yeah. think Hell's Angels were also, oh, well, no, they had a little bit of connections in Quebec. I oh, yeah. They're like pretty right mob and gang heavy. <laughs> yeah. They don't, I mean, they don't Canada is the a French, The French don't F around either. Like, they yeah. are not to be toiled with. Like yeah, I have this like this sort of uh, appreciation for the French when they don't like something because they just buy <laughs> it. They're like, no, this isn't happening. No. Like they yeah, tried to raise that. tuition by like three and a half cents in Montreal, and they were like, <laughs> nope. <laughs> like, <laughs> like they just don't have it. They're like, no, try, try us. Yeah, yeah. No, that's we're good. That's down. We, need, we do not we need care. More French in the world, apparently. Yeah, they make me laugh. Uh, <laughs> good for them. Now, do you but, want to tell us a news story? Sure. Um, here's a little news story. Well, The Sopranos, Carla, you mm. say. Uh, mm-hmm. They're coming out with a prequel uh, called Newark. And oh. James uh, Gandolfini's son, Michael Gandolfini, is to play the uh, uh, young young uh, Tony. Oh, that's amazing. I don't think we've mentioned, unfortunately, very, very sadly, um, James Gandolfini passed away, I think it was about, a, was it a year after the show? Or a couple yeah. years after the show? Spoiler very alert. Very young. Yeah. James like Gandolfini does long. not make it. I don't think so, but he, yeah. Oh, I, and I really, I, you know what, he, that, Tony Soprano is not my favorite character that he's ever played. My favorite character is he plays a, kind of similar, like he's uh, in Get Shorty. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's got a beard and I don't know why and he wears a Hawaiian shirt and he is just like he's a he's a sort of bodyguard kind of guy, but oh, I don't know, there's something about him and I just love him. I love him. He's the best. Well this, so mm-hmm. this is the um this is the prequel and David Chase, the creator of the HBO series, teamed up with Lawrence Croner from the script, which is rumored to be set during the New York the Newark riots of July nineteen sixty seven. Uh, oh, cool. oh, it's like between... way back then. Yep. That's cool. That'll be fun. Bad blood between the African Americans and Italian Americans erupted in New York, in New Jersey, at a time that resulted in 26 deaths and hundreds of injuries. Well, I feel uh, like this is not going to be as comforting as Sopranos. No, I think it's going to be hectic. But it's uh, <laughs> it's it, it's yeah. it has a release date, a 2020 release date. Uh, this mm-hmm. is from mm-hmm. Vanity. Uh, this yep. article. So yeah, I I mean that's a huge that's huge news for uh for Sopranos fans. I mean it's yeah. been a lot of uh, it's been a lot of years since they <laughs> yeah two thousand seven yeah so it's been seventeen years or sorry thirteen yeah. years thirteen yeah. years so that's well, like a long be, time that'll be interesting to see and I mean hopefully they keep some of the same spirit. I mean that's the thing is you can take these characters and you can take this world and do whatever you want with it, but as long as you if you don't keep the Sort of what we've been talking about this comedy this family this whole aspect of you know it's just uh 
to use a fancy word, mimetic of our lives, yeah. um, it's not going to be it's not going to be interesting. So that's no. I'm just telling. Just in case anyone's listening that <laughs> is writing the show, I'm just telling you, <laughs> don't f around with this. Yeah, please um, don't. Join us. Speaking of sort of people in the show, should we talk about some of our favorite uh, guest stars? We've kind of mentioned a few, but uh, sure, go ahead. So hit me up. Uh, I'm going to say it because more people are going to remember this from his name, but Joe Pantaleone, who is in The Matrix. Oh, yeah. He plays Ralph. He's a very bad character, but. Oh, yeah. Very yeah, yeah. Love it. Love it. He's also in Bad Boys and he's in the new Bad Boys, I believe. I love it. He plays Ralphie. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> the sister. Oh, that relationship. I forgot to say how much oh. I like Janice. I know she's amazing. Oh yeah, like she was so funny, and Thank she like it. she 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 was basically though a female pony. Mm-hmm. 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 Like they had the same upbringing, the same sort of disconnect from their parents, the the same you know, and they were sort of a similar person, and yeah. she kind of you know like she was I don't yeah I love Janice. Do you think that if we were playing a fictional land of uh, female Sopranos. If she was in charge, do you think she'd be as good as Tony? I think she would have yeah. been better. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, I don't know either. I don't know actually. She because she could be as hot headed as he was. She yeah, that's true actually. Yeah. I think she would have done a similar job. I think she would have yeah. probably you know had this like you know done a pretty decent job most of the time and then fucking lost her lost her mind. <laughs> Because that's what happened, right? Like, I mean, oh, yeah. he would be she doing a good job, and then he would gamble all the money away, and then he would be that. I don't, and I, I've read also on other things. The whole gambling aspect was a weird turn at the end of the series. Well, why is that? Well, it that just it, like... it had no, it had no basis in the rest of the series. Well, it was kind of it was him losing it. It was him, I guess, though, so, yeah, wanting out in some way, but knowing there was no way out and not giving a fuck about the money anymore or the people or himself or yeah i don't know it just felt very it felt very um uh, abrupt like it, yeah it, there wasn't a lot of build-up that's i guess so suddenly he was just in debt to a lot of money for a lot of money to hef and so i don't yeah, know kind of a my... well it was kind of it was just sort of it was just part of him falling apart which he was mm-hmm. doing from the beginning True. And there was just True. multiple levels of him falling apart. I just so, feel like that was one of those things that kind of got shoved in there that because they I mean, were ending the show or whatever, they needed something. Something dramatic to happen, I guess. Yeah. So we have to talk about the end. Because okay, that before would, we do that, would... though, let's talk about my... F- I just want to mention one more guest character. Oh, favorite my star. My favorite in the world. Steve Buscemi. Oh, <laughs> the cousin. Who's... Who is the angel on this earth and has been in every, what, pretty much every Adam Sandler film. Yeah. Uh, he's been in so many great films. He's an ex-fireman, is that right? Uh, in New York. In in real life? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. He, he, I think he fireman? directed quite a few episodes of Sopranos as well. Um. Anyways, it's been yeah, everybody knows Steve world. Buscemi. Yeah, uh, he plays. Uh, he... That was my favorite. One of my favorite films. 
<laughs> which I just realized had Adam Sandler in it, even though I kind of forgot. I always think of it as a Brendan Fraser, uh, you know. Film. I don't even. I don't think I've seen Airheads. To be no. Oh, yeah. Next time I see you, we're watching. Watching Airheads. Airheads. That's good. Let's do it. That's good. Um, yeah. Anyways, I yeah. His character is uh, again kind of this weird. It definitely brings in that whole family aspect. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't go too much into the mafia as to see like how much of it is actually family. Like, like especially now, like in terms of like in the Italian mafia or any mafia whatsoever, like how much it is your cousin or your brother or your dad or whatever, or whether oh, it's like like the actual family ties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it still gets handed down probably from son to son, but it's like it's like a corporation. Yep, or a presidency for that matter. Yeah. <laughs> um. uh, yes. The monarchy of America and Canada. <laughs> let's be honest. Yeah. Well, hey, we're we're all sitting in. A, you're just waiting for the junior. Um, yeah. But yeah. So it was. Oh, oh! I was going to mention. I mm. forgot to say how much I love Bobby too. Oh yes. I yes. Apparently, he had to wear a fat suit the first couple seasons. Really. And then he said he apparently he, apparently he grew into his character. <laughs> <laughs> So right now, him and um him and Christopher, uh, yeah, Christopher and Bobby Daniel. have a podcast. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's just a Sopranos podcast essentially, and they just they literally go episode through episode. It's fantastic. I was just yeah. I was watching a couple episodes of the podcast today, and uh, it's just so good. It's so it's such an inside look, and uh, yeah, I highly recommend the podcast. Okay, I haven't um, listened to it, but I, I'm gonna, I, because I watched the first episode again today, I was like, I'm like right back in. I'm going right back in, so. <laughs> do a deep dive. What, so, deep dive. Uh, okay. Carla, I'm pressing the ending, you. Sorry, you want to talk about the, the ending? I want to talk about the ending because it's the most important part of the show. Okay. Spoiler, spoiler. Spoiler alerts. Uh, uh. What do okay. you think What do you happened? think it meant? Okay. You, can you want me to do it? I'll go first. Okay. okay, you go first. I don't think anything happens. You think it just carries on? Yeah, I think that that was the entire point of the show. This is from my maybe writing perspective, but yeah. um, the entire point of the show, and I, I didn't remember until I then rewatched the pilot today, is about his fear about his family being torn away from him. And so at the very end, they're sitting in a, a diner. Yeah. His family is there, his kids and his wife. And they're all just having a very chill, nice dinner. And it's there's some sketchy guys kind of walking in and out. Right. And so you don't know whether he's going to get shot or something's going to happen. Um, but I think that's specifically from a writing perspective. I think it's, and, and going along with your sort of thesis that this is a show that nothing ever happens. Yeah. I believe nothing happens. He just he just carries on and and yeah. it's just the next day and then everything carries on business as usual. Yeah, because that's the I mean, that doesn't really put an ending on it, but I don't feel like this is a show that needs an, an a solid ending. So I yeah, I didn't think it needed a solid ending didn't. either. Yeah, because it what was just a happened? show about the inner workings. I'm torn yeah. because mm. there's so many little things that were put yeah. in there to make you question that ending. Oh yeah, there's one, so many one of the biggest ones for me was him and Bobby sitting on the boat. Mm. and they're talking about death and they're saying what do you think happens and uh she says i don't know i just think it all goes black man you're just sitting there yeah and all of a sudden the lights go out 
And that's exactly what happened. Yeah. yeah. Everything just went black. So in my mind, you know, there's this thing of like, I kind of want it to be that that just carried on business as usual. Mm-hmm. But I also, there's parts of me that question like, well, I think it was left to question that it, you finish it. It was almost like finish it how you want to finish it. Yeah. Well, like, I think as we've and, kind of discovered in this whole the talk is that the whole show is about how we are all taking this in sort of um and creating our own narrative almost and absolutely and understanding it from different perspective and it's all very gray so yeah yeah I, yeah I never thought about that before but yeah that's so for me I I think like I mean I really am torn but I mm-hmm. sort of lean to they shoot them yeah. And I and I think like in in sort of sticking with the theme, everything does go on business as usual. Oh, absolutely, it, yeah. It's just yeah. he gets replaced. Yeah. So who's gonna run the mafia though? <laughs> <laughs> well, somebody's got to. I mean, if you can't leave Polly running the mafia. That's gonna be a mess. Polly's no good. Um, <laughs> Polly's always crying about his mother and buying oh, paintings of Tony. Geez. So. Christ, I got some good facts about him, but yeah, he as a character drives the shit and oh, but his hair, I can't, oh, I don't know. He's, He's got, got a good perfect hair. hair. He does have perfect hair. Pretty funny. <laughs> should we, should we talk about um the uh drink we've chosen? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, yes, I will, you know, this week, uh, Carla chose the drink. Well, and apparently, I can tell you a little about it. Tell us why this you chose is, this. This wine that we're drinking is, in theory, what they would have been drinking on The Sopranos. Now, I don't know if that meant, like, that's what they were drinking on The Sopranos because people were drinking on The Sopranos, or if it was just that was this is the type of wine that you would drink. In, in New in, Jersey. In New Jersey, yeah. Well, so let's tell people. It's a, uh, it is a Chianti Classico. Yes. It's a Ruffolino. Rafino? Mm. Rafino, yeah. Rafino. Uh, this is a uh, Chianti Classico, and it is Reserve uh, 2016. And I think on the bottle, I'm just reading this, it's from 1877. Yeah. 1877? 1877, yeah. This is an old wine. This is an old wine. It is this an isn't old... any of our BC new up-and-comers here. We're, uh... No, this is like an old Italian wine. Yeah. Um, let me tell you just a little bit about it. Okay. It is, uh, this is off of, um, my source here is, uh, vinepair.com, which is actually fantastic. If you want to learn about wine, vinepair.com tells you all kinds of stuff. Uh, so I'll just read right from their page, actually, because that's most helpful. And they okay. put it a little more poetically than I would. Uh, <laughs> there is more to Chianti than just a classic bottle and a straw basket known as Fiasco made by the famous old-school Italian red sauce joints in the 1970s, and Anthony Hopkins drinking it in Silence of the Lamb. In fact... In fact... Baba beans? Is that what it goes? Yeah, baba beans. <laughs> in fact, Chianti is currently the most popular Italian red wine in America, known for being a dry red that goes very well with food. Chianti can range in price from $10 a bottle to $50 a bottle for high-end versions. Suffice to say, Chianti has outgrown its old-school straw basket image. In fact, it's almost none of the Chianti's 
yeah, they're not, none of they used to be sold in a straw basket, apparently. I do remember that. Yeah, I do remember that. Uh, like most other wines made in Old World, Chianti derives its name from the grape used to make the wine. So, yeah, it's from the region so it's a, where it's, it's made. The grape is the is Chianti. Chianti is the grape? Well, it says, oh, sorry, Chianti derives its name not from the grape used to oh. make the wine, uh, but from the region where it's made. My apologies. Oh, okay. Okay. The cool. Chianti region is located in Tuscany, the romantic area of a central oh. of central Italy, Italy, known for sweeping landscapes, burning hot sun, and a wealth of art and food history. Yeah. It's from the region that we also get delicious olive oil. Ooh. Yay. And uh, Michelangelo's <laughs> David. Oh, that's good. Uh -huh. So yeah. So uh. That's the, I mean, there's lots more information here, but essentially right. it's a very dry red wine. It is. We've, we kind of, I think we talked about it in a previous episode, we were being into the Pinot Noirs now. And I this is like the, the exact Noir. opposite. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say Pinot Noir is obviously, I don't say, I don't think lighter, Pinot Noir is sweet, but it's just like. No, but it's it, a lighter wine. Oh, in though. terms of denseness. Yeah. 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 This, this is, very, is Heavy. This is very dry, very heavy. Um, it would be great with Italian food. It would be amazing with pasta. You know what, though? I've been drinking this for the last three hours, having had no food, and <laughs> I'm loving it. The first I was couple actually... sips I wasn't okay with, but this one, now I'm fine. I'm great. I'm doing wonderful. I Do you, do you typically uh, like a dry wine? I do, um, but again, I kind of got into this new, the, the new sort of Pinot Noir, not new, but I, that's where I've been lately is in Pinot Noir, the lighter reds, especially because it is in summer and, um. Yeah, and it's a smokier wine as well. Yeah, yeah, so I, yeah. but I do like a Cab Sav and, and, uh, I, I like this. Um, I actually know Chianti from, uh, when I was younger, there was a restaurant in Calgary called Chianti's. You yeah, there still is. In Willow Park. Yeah. Yep. And I think they would serve the wine in uh, baskets, but I don't think I was like two or four. <laughs> I was not <laughs> two or four. But anyways, I couldn't drink, so I wouldn't have had any of the actual wine, but they had amazing Italian food. And I think that's been a big part of my family's, you know, life is Italian food. So, um, oh, yeah. yeah, I feel very connected. We used to go to this restaurant called Luciano's, and they used to bring out fresh bread and bruschetta, like to the oh. point where we'd eat like, like eight loaves of bread and bruschetta yes and they'd be like and then just like order pasta and you're like i can't <laughs> you're like so i've well. already had too much food they're like you have not eaten anything that you've paid for yet <laughs> um yeah they're, i'm like okay well and that's us they're like you cannot leave this restaurant without buying food. <laughs> <laughs> you've eaten all of the bread stop uh, yeah so this is uh, i haven't, I haven't so had a lot of italian lately so i'm yeah, I'm... I mean, aside from like the odd lasagna, I feel like I have mm -hmm. like, you know. I mean, uh, I probably I... make Italian food, but I don't get to go like it, Italian. And I think is is I guess you could do it as takeout, but it doesn't feel as wonderful. You want to be something? Oh yeah, it's you know what most food that is like culturally, you know, specific is mm -hmm. best served hot to you. Yes, like from the place, like. If you're ordering a Boston pizza fettuccine Alfredo, you're not getting the real deal. <laughs> yeah, like, it, that's fine. You can eat that on your couch watching, uh, binge watching Sopranos. Yeah. Do whatever uh, you want. But if you're going to get the real deal. I, my mm -hmm. favorite Italian restaurant I ever went to 
was in San Diego. Mm. Um, San Diego, a whale's vagina. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, and it what? Was, Where did that come from? And the anchorman. Oh, okay. That's yeah, okay, that's that what he thinks San Diego means. He's like San Diego, a whale's vagina. They're like, sir, that's not what it means. He's like, Agree to disagree. Yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, I was in San Diego and uh, we went to this. We asked like, oh, what's a good Italian place? And somebody was like, this restaurant right here. And I'm like, yeah. okay. And they took us to this weird district, and you go through like an old like grocery store. Oh, that's you, like, the walk- best sign of a good restaurant. Yeah, you like go through like all these like shelves of like things and you like walk to the back and it's like in this little hidden area and it just was like literally I ordered the simplest of dishes and everything yeah. was just phenomenal. Just like Amazing. a just like a fettuccine with a butter and garlic sauce that was yeah. just to die for. I mean it was just so good. I'm sorry, what's the place called again? Oh, I'll never know. I'll never remember. Oh, okay. No, oh, right. it's, oh it's one it of those. Just, it was like, I don't even think it, they were just like, oh, there's, I don't even think we knew the name when we went. They were like, they yeah. gave us the address and they were like, walk to the back of the store. Knock twice. And knock twice. <laughs> very Barred into the window. Out. No, they were literally like, it was so cool. And, and oh. me and my, I was there with my cousin yeah. and we just pigged and laughed. Yeah. We were there with some friends and we just laughed and our heads off and ate until we were ready to puke. <laughs> And then we all just went home to, we, there was four ladies in a hotel room and I swear yeah. the four of us just farted our brains out for 14 <laughs> hours. <laughs> my it was so good. favorite restaurant is called Lupo, which is in Vancouver. It's in a, it's in a house in Vancouver downtown. Yeah. I assume that that's the only house in Vancouver downtown. Um, but they have an amazing gnocchi. They have, oh God, everything is so good um really nice and yeah it's kind of cool because you're in a house in the middle of vancouver where there are no houses (laughs) everything is a condo so um yeah i would definitely recommend if you're ever in a van go to lupo Lupo. so hungry (laughs) oh my god i'm gonna be there in a week and a half so i know but i'm gonna meet at lupo maybe because (laughs) you have to work but yeah, but I like fly in at noon and then fly out the next day at noon. Oh well, you have to eat dinner. <laughs> That's true, but they'll probably feed me at the theater. I'm not sure. That's true. But I don't <laughs> think you want to do comedy after you eat. A yeah, I can't imagine doing. You're like, oh god. <laughs> I'm doing the debaters. I can't imagine just being on stage, being like, I don't, I don't know. You're like, I'm so, <laughs> so satiated. Carlin, this might be okay. our longest episode yet. Oh god, I know. Okay, I've got a couple of facts. Okay. No, this is not, no, we've done longer. Uh, <laughs> I got a couple of facts. Okay, so number one, Chianti uh, was a white wine until 1398. So we don't know actually when it changed color or what its characteristics were back then. And now it still contains a small amount of white grapes during blending. Oh. Yeah. And apparently it does not age well. So you're not going to find a Chianti on some rich asshole's wine what do you call those things in the basement cellars cellar um if you do if he finds like a ton then he's a dick and you should probably run away he'd probably (laughs) but i'm not saying everyone that has a wine cellar is a dick i'm just saying i don't have one and it's really not fair 
Uh, if you have a wine cellar, just invite me over. I don't. Well, the problem is that if I had a wine cellar, I would drink all the wine, so it's not really a cellar. <laughs> if there's nothing in it. Um, the actor cellar, that... more like dranker. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, the actor who played Polly, who we were just talking yeah. about with the the, the crazy hair, um, yeah. Anthony Sirico, Cir- I think his name is. Um, he had been arrested twenty eight times before starring in the role. He oh was convicted God. only twice for robbing a Brooklyn club and for felony weapons possession. So he actually was in jail in 1967 and 1971 and may have been an associate of the Colombo crime family. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that something? And considering he's one of the only ones left at the end, I wonder. No. <laughs> I'm sure he's changed his ways. Um, So only one episode was directed by a woman. This was in season one, episode Down Neck. And only two episodes were actually directed by the creator, David Case. He did the pilot and the finale. Oh, wonderful. And we kind of forget about this, but this was the big cable show. So HBO, you know, wasn't accessible to, I would assume, most people. And it was the first cable show to win an Emmy for Outstanding Drama Series. And then pretty much after this, that was it. You only, if you were a cable show, you would only win. Or you would only win an Emmy if you were a cable show. Right, because it felt like it was like that was where the money was and the writing was. And the... and they could do, you know, boobies and swearing and more violence. and Right. Yeah. Like the Lord intended. <laughs> as <laughs> as is tradition, yeah. As Or not as tradition. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's those are my little facts, and uh, but I, I mean, that's the thing is too that we have to remember. Sopranos brought in things like uh, Six Feet Under and The Wire, and oh yeah, where we are they now, like room Game of for so much. And... Yeah, Dexter, and I mean, it's not HBO, but like Dexter, Californication. Mm. Like, I mean, there's a long list of things, weeds that were all like phenomenal yeah. shows that were like not you know couldn't be on uh regular on cable. cable yeah they couldn't yeah. be on regular cable they were on paid cable so do you see dexter Thank you. is doing another revamp yeah. yeah which they ended that in such a way that i thought oh like this is just being left open so that they can do it oh okay because i haven't yeah. i've only i think i only got through the first season but i knew that the season finale was very bad oh it was it was like a kick in the teeth it was like yeah. hey i wouldn't be surprised that... season finale was bad i i wouldn't I don't have a, I don't like a lot of series finales, but I was fine with the Sopranos one. My favorite series finale, Six Feet mm-hmm. Under. Oh, I don't think I've seen that one. Um, I Mine won't is spoil House. It for anybody, but I will say this: that it ended in a way that answered every question you could possibly have about the show. That's and I've not never possible. seen it. It's possible. <laughs> like, writing, it's it was insane. It answered every question. Yeah. Do you want me to tell you why? No. Because okay. everyone died, and it was a dream, and they were all in a church. Nope. I have a lot of, I have a lot of, <laughs> I have a lot of um, anger because <laughs> I don't want to know because it did. <laughs> it's not six feet unders. Uh, life pairing. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna tell you when we go up the air. Okay. Uh, My favorite know. was House. Did you see that? Yep. Okay. Yeah, where they I just did. basically the two of them just drive off into the sunset, and I'm like, absolutely. 
<laughs> You're like, that's I only want happy endings. <laughs> I'm like, this house happy endings, but I want. Leg. I just don't want it when they're like, it was all Jesus in the end. And you're like, what? No, that's, yeah, I don't care for that either. So many sci-fi shows are just like, Jesus. And you're like, what? Are you not aware of what has happened here? Do you not live in the 20th century? You're like, what's going on? This is the 29th century. Looking at you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you guys... We had a lot of fun. This was uh, this was a fun episode because we are both love The Sopranos so much, yeah. and we probably didn't do it justice, but we did it our best. <laughs> and we all we did was shit talk about the things we loved. So yeah, uh, we hope you enjoyed yourself. And uh, if you did, uh, come back next week, man. We do this every Thursday. If you didn't, give us another chance. Come back next yeah. week. <laughs> we will, we'll talk about something that maybe you can relate to. <laughs> yeah, maybe this, this is pretty niche. So, but if you have. Uh, if you've listened through this, you can now go watch Sopranos. I promise it's really long, so you probably won't remember all the spoilers. Also, yeah, if you haven't watched Sopranos, sorry, but this was a terrible choice to make. <laughs> this was really only for us and people who've watched the show. Yeah, it's so good. You should watch it. It's very comforting yeah, but... during the quarantine time. During the quarantine um, you guys, we had so much fun. We do this every Thursday. Uh, please visit our website. It's www.lifepairingspodcast.com. You can visit our Patreon, which we would love if you contributed mm. to because it helps the podcast grow. Uh, it gives us all kinds of, uh, you know, working around with cash. Yeah. And yeah. you can listen to us talk about bonfires. Yeah. Listen to us talk about museums. And uh, Kronk, the drink Kronk, yeah. which is made of molasses. Uh, yep, that time we had to drink a beer that had molasses in it. So, you know <laughs> what? Use your imagination and then listen to the episode because that's what happened. <laughs> yeah. So, please, please come back and visit our website. Visit our Patreon. Uh, hit us up on Instagram. We're at Life Bearing Podcasts on Instagram, all the socials. Uh, and uh, click subscribe, notify, share <laughs> comment Put a sign outside your window that you like our show yeah say we like this show and we hope the best for them <laughs> well wishes are welcome yeah. uh, and we we hope you join us next week thank you so much for listening thanks guys bye